They might be doing more harm than good by prying into their private lives. An honest man has nothing to fear from the truth. Jeffrey Rush is one of Australia's most famous actors. He's made dozens of movies, won an Oscar, and he's been Australian of the Year. Today, however, he is a diminished, and according to those who know him, shattered man. Today I have filed defamation proceedings against the Daily Telegraph in the Federal Court of Australia. It is an action I am taking in order to redress the slurs, innuendo and hyperbole that they have created around my standing in the entertainment industry and in the greater community. Hello, I'm Peter Frey, Editor-in-Chief of Crikey, and this is the fourth episode of our Inquiry Journalism podcast, Jeffrey Rush, Trial by Media. This is a production of Crikey's Investigative Unit, Inc., and 2SER's Fourth Estate. You can listen to all these episodes at crikey.com.au or subscribe to Fourth Estate at 2SER. So far, this podcast series has revealed how the Sydney Daily Telegraph newspaper came to publish sensational and reckless allegations of predatory sexual behaviour against Geoffrey Rush, how Rush sued the paper for defamation, how he categorically and emotionally defended himself in court, and how his accuser, Erin Jean Norville, laid out her allegations to the movie star she regarded as a friend. Now we come to the verdict in the brutal defamation battle. A judgment by Justice Michael Whigney that was scathing and unambiguous and the appeal launched by The Telegraph. It's the final act in one of the country's most highly publicised defamation cases, Geoffrey Rush versus The Daily Telegraph. Today, the Oscar-winning actor won in the courtroom. A judge finding the paper's sexual harassment claims hurt both his Hollywood career and his earnings. This ruling comes just weeks after Dyson Hayden, the former High Court judge, was accused of sexual misconduct by the High Court and several witnesses outlined in the Sydney Morning Herald. A terrific piece of journalism. It's one of the only high-profile sexual harassment claims to have come to light in the two years since Rush's trial. With me is Amber Schultz, one of the Inc. reporters who, with her colleague Georgia Wilkins, has put together our fantastic series, Jeffrey Rush, Trial by Media, which, as I say, is available at crikey.com.au or at 2SER. We'll get to the appeal in a moment, but first, Amber, did the judge have anything positive to say about the Telegraph's journalism in its coverage of Geoffrey Rush? Not a slither. In a televised statement on April 11, 2019, he denounced the Telegraph stories as... This was, in all the circumstances, a recklessly irresponsible piece of sensationalist journalism of the worst kind, the very worst kind. And he awarded Rush $850,000 to cover general damages, plus another $2 million in special damages to cover past and future economic losses. So what did Justice Wigney have to say about the key players? Well, he described Jeffrey Rush as, quote, a credible witness who gave honest and reliable evidence about the critical events in question, unquote. And he called Rush's co-star, Erin Jean Norville, quote, an intelligent, articulate and confident witness who was endeavouring to give an honest recollection of the events in question, but then put in the boot. Mm, yes, what did he say about Erin Jean? 
He said there were, quote, a number of aspects to the evidence which raised significant issues about her credibility as a witness and the reliability of the evidence she gave concerning the disputed events. And the judge went on to say that... Ms Norville revealed herself to be a witness who was, at times, prone to exaggeration and embellishment. Importantly, Wigney never mentioned the power dynamic between Rush and Norville. It's something he's been accused of dismissing. Not only that, but inside sources have told us that Wigney seemed almost starstruck in front of Rush. He seems it was a bit of a fan. He was he was a bit in love with Jeffrey. Not only that, but the all of the actors that came, the, you know... Hollywood carpet was rolled out. Mm, interesting. But basically he said he accepted Jeffrey Rush's evidence that he would never touch Erin Jean's breast. Right? And didn't trust Erin Jean's evidence. Mm. So let's get back to the Telegraph. You know, What did the Justice Wigney say about the Daily Telegraph and its journalism? He was scathing. And even in his very proper judicial language, couldn't cover up his feelings of contempt towards the newspaper. Mm, so what do you actually say about the telly? He called their coverage, quote, excessive and sensationalist and said their motive in publishing the stories was to, quote, increase circulation by way of sensationalist articles concerning the Me Too movement. And he described the Telegraph's conduct as, quote, unjustified and improper because they were reckless as to the truth or falsity of the defamatory imputations conveyed by the articles and had failed to make adequate inquiries before publication. Mm, Strong stuff. And he was very particular about Rush and what impact it had on him, right? Yeah, he said the effect on Rush, quote, mentally and physically, unquote, was that he was, quote, unable to muster the confidence, concentration, drive, enthusiasm and stamina to act. And in justifying the aggravated damages he awarded to Rush, the judge said, quote, the hurt and distress suffered by Mr Rush as a result of the defamatory publications in issue in this proceeding has been aggravated by the manner in which Nationwide and Mr Moran have conducted themselves during the course of this proceeding. Mm, truly stern stuff. So what was the reaction of the key players in the drama? Outside the courtroom, Geoffrey Rush said... I'm pleased to acknowledge the decisions made this afternoon by the Federal Court of Australia, but there are no winners in this case been extremely distressing for everyone involved. Well, it certainly was for Erin Jean Norville. What did she say? She was unrepentant. I stand by everything I said at trial. I told the truth. I know what happened. I was there. It has to be possible for a young woman working in theatre who feels unsafe in her workplace to get that situation fixed. Well, that was the end of it, but of course it wasn't. The legal warfare has gone on. Nationwide News was putting up a fight. Less than a month later, The Telegraph launched a full legal appeal against the judgment based on a simple, but in many ways extraordinary, argument that Justice Wigney had created, quote, an apprehension of bias in his tone, including when he refused late in proceedings to hear new evidence from Witness X, which was later revealed to be Australian actress Yale Stone. Yeah, now that's a pretty bold strategy, isn't it? Accusing a judge of bias? A bold one and a rare one. It was apparently designed to resurrect the paper's reputation and save the company from a record defamation payout. Yeah, and remember, of course, not all papers in the News Corporation's stable was on board. As we said in the first episode, the Herald Sun had basically told its journalists to avoid the story at all costs. But then the saga took another turn, didn't it? Yeah, just minutes before the court retired for the first day, the Telegraph dropped a bombshell by abandoning its very serious bias claim. 
but the paper continued to challenge the defamation judgment and the record $2.87 million awarded to Russian damages. In the final appeal, the Telegraph claimed, among other things, Judge Wigney wrongly found the article implied Rush was a pervert and that he wrongly found Aaron Jean gave unreliable evidence and that the damages awarded were excessive. The appeal, handed down on July 2nd, was thrown out on all grounds. The judges, Jacqueline Gleeson, Richard White and Michael Wheelahan, said while Wigney didn't make note of the power imbalance between Aaron Jean and Rush, they didn't think it had been overlooked. They also didn't think Wigney overlooked difficulties Norville may have had experienced in giving evidence as a person complaining of sexual harassment. Finally, they also questioned Aaron Jean's motives in texting Rush back and seeing him socially and found his text, that one with the panting emoji, would have been inappropriate if the pair hadn't had a history of playful texting. Rush was awarded the full $2.87 million in damages. So what do we have at the end of all this? We have Jeffrey Rush... Uh, a shattered man, but richer. And we have the Me Too movement having lost probably two years and it may regain some with the Dyson matter, as we've discussed. And then we have Erin Jean Norval. What, what was her legacy? Erin Jean Norval just made one complaint, which she didn't want to be taken further, she didn't want to be actioned, and which she never wanted to be identified over. And yet she had to take the stand in a hugely publicised trial to defend herself. And what did you think of the Telegraph statement? Well, the Telegraph put out a statement that is quite astonishing at the end of the appeal. It, it sought to, the Telegraph's been seeking to take the high moral ground. It wants to say that this was all about press freedom and the right to report. Well, no journalist would argue with the right to report. No journalist would really argue about the need to reform our defamation laws. But at the same token, and most importantly, no journalist should be standing here defending what the Telegraph did because, as the judge said, it was reckless. Thanks for listening to Jeffrey Rush, Trial by Media. This has been a production of Crikey's Investigative Unit, Inc. and 2SER's Fourth Estate. From me, Amber and Georgia, in absentia, uh, thank you so much for listening. And if you want to support great investigative journalism like this, subscribe to crikey.com.au and back in our friends at 2SER. Thanks again.